This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets Kingdom. Yes, sir. Gang. I'm not going to say too much because I already said what I had to say. Let's bring in AJ and then Rage. Say what's up, AJ. Then Rage, you say what's up. I'm just blessed to be here, man, with my brother Keith. You know, the Nets world. The Nets world is built, as you say. The Nets world is built, and we're here to stay. So good to see you guys in Hudson. I'm good to see you, man. Good to see y'all, man. It's nice to be here. Excited for this cool little thing we got going on yeah Hudson Flynn how you doing today man I'm doing well it's always always a good time to have the all-star break crossover episodes we've been doing this a couple years running now and it's always been good to see how the Nets world has been built and uh, how the community is growing I know we talked a lot before we went on air about how the community has grown and how there was such a hole and a lack of Nets content you know just four years ago but now the there's a whole creator environment with it within and around the nets and while we may not always agree it's always good to have that serious community that you know a great nba franchise deserves yeah before we went live we were talking about you know 2019 coming off the 2018 2019 season uh the nets get gentlemen swept out of the first round by the sixers but that felt like a good year that felt like a good time um i know there's a lot of fans that you know weren't really running with the Nets at that time, but that was what attracted KD, Kyrie to the Nets, the superstars to the Nets. And that's what really, I think, kicked off a lot of the Nets content. When um, I came into the game, you know, I, I wasn't even confident in making a Nets podcast, uh, especially looking at the landscape in New York, how big the Yankees fans are, the Knicks fans, the Giants fans. I'm just like, I don't know if this community is going to be built. The Nets world has been built. And uh, I'm a big fan of these guys. I was quietly watching Nets Kingdom videos, like not even saying anything in the chat for, I think, two years now, going back to when Harden was on the team. So um, I I appreciate these guys. Shout out to Saint. He can't be here. And um, Chubbs as well. And what's the other dude's name? Uh, Julian. 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 Yo, shout out to everybody in Nets Kingdom. And uh, appreciate you guys doing what you do. You guys got merch. And uh, you just consistently hit Twitter and Instagram with updates, and we need that. And I'm glad to see that, you know, 
you guys didn't delete the account after Katie and Kyrie left. So <laughs> let's uh let's get We're right hurting. into it. <laughs> uh, are we over it? No. RIP the big three. 7-Eleven era in Brooklyn. Alex, you can just run through some of those first screenshots that I threw in the notes of Harden, Kyrie, what KD had to say. I was watching uh, Nets Kingdom right after. Uh, you could throw Kyrie back up there or or we'll start with Harden. It don't matter. But I was watching Nets Kingdom and uh, I think it was after the Kyrie trade and they were giving Kyrie love on his way out. And I was like, fuck all that. <laughs> but I understand it. I understand it. So uh, we, were, we were toxic, bro. Like half, like I wanted to celebrate him for a little bit because I was like, you know, he did what he did. And then half of the other guys were like, man, get about, you know. Nah, the way that the way the way that it ended, the way that he blew everything up, that's why I I say fuck all that. That's why I'm like, I'm not I'm not celebrating this guy because he hit the he hit the detonate button in the middle of the season. But uh all right, let's run through these um these screenshots and then we'll go around the horn. So (laughs) speaking of you know the detonate button, uh Kevin Durant had some time. He had some time to think about what he was gonna say before he met the media. In Phoenix, and thank God ESPN sent Nick Friedel out there. That's that's a bonus, right? <laughs> They're taking the national spotlight off of us. Our game Friday got flexed. Nobody wants to watch the Nets. Well, at least we got rid of that chaos merchant. So KD, he said, "I feel like I'll I'll always I'm always going to be a New Yorker through and through." Nah, KD, um, you from uh, Maryland, but your boy Ace Rich Kleiman, he's a New Yorker all the way through. KD also said some stuff about, you know, trades being made. And he said when a player can dictate where he wants to go and leave in free agency or demand a trade, it's just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement to the game. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, all right. Sounds good now, Slim. Sounds good now. What else we got? Uh, Go back to that Harden one if you can. Go back to the Harden one. So, you know, after Harden was here, he said, fast forward to date, I don't look like the crazy one. You do look like the crazy one. I saw you quit in Sacramento, bro. You do look like the crazy one, but we understand. These guys hated Sean Marks, Joe Sy. They hated the Brooklyn Nets organization. There's a lot of finger pointing going around, and uh, it's over. What else we got? We got Not from Rich Kleiman, though, right? I don't know if you saw, but saw Rich, Rich Kleiman, he put he put a lot of respect and love on Joe Sy's like, name. He was like, I love Joe Sy. You know, he's a great man. Yeah, and, and what, what does KD's camp have negative to say about Joe Sy for real? Because they respected his trade request. They they could have made him play out his contract. They could have kept him on the team. And they, they did right by him. And I think that just kind of points to that it's the fact that it's kind of a goofy yeah. take for people to say that you know, KD leaving shows that no superstar will ever go to Brooklyn because they don't know how to handle it. There's a lot of respect between those two camps, and I think that's a good sign going forward. Speaks values when we traded KD to the one destination that he wanted to go to, and we didn't listen to anybody else. Don't matter what other offers were on the table, we just took the one that we were given by his destination that he wanted to go to. Yeah, and me personally, like I said, if I'm trying to, I'm trying to get over the whole KD thing, man. I just. I'm not going to take too much stock into what Rich Kleiman's saying because I know he's an agent and, you know, he's agents have to, man. yeah, it's a business. So you don't want to like mess up that uh, other bit, other, you want to talk bad about an owner and then have that fall back on you later on. So I just feel like he's doing the right thing of, you know, picking up 
Joe Psy and saying, oh, I love this guy. He's great. So not too basically Kyrie went personal. KD went business, right? You always hear the yeah. phrase is business is not personal. And that's never really true. But uh, at the end of the day, they did business and they did right by KD and honored his trade requ request and sent him where he wanted to go. Um, throw up that Kyrie pick one more time just to burn the Kyrie stands. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> They're not liking this, bro. They're not liking this. They are not liking this. They're unsubscribing right now. They are out of here. So let I me ask you, though, Keith, bro. Like, how did you, well, did you, what side were you on? Because we know Kyrie wanted his money and Joe Side didn't want to give him his money. So I guess there were some people who were like, oh, good riddance. And then there were some people who were like, okay, we'll pay him. We want a chip. Just give him We his were money. following this, obviously, doing two, three pods a week. We were following, like, oh, Kyrie's yeah. trying to get an extension. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mrs. Irving, his agent, Sheila, Shatila, something like that. Yeah. She She's trying to get an extension. They're trying to have conversations. Oh, the Nets aren't really in a rush to have these conversations. Kyrie is playing masterful Kyrie is leading the team he's killing it in the fourth quarter he's playing his way into an extension but the whole time we were thinking not till the end of the season they have no reason yeah. to extend him in the middle of the season yeah, and then yeah. boom he said all right y'all don't want to give me my money I'm tired of being tolerated I'm tired of not being unconditionally loved right you're supposed to just <laughs> yeah. sweep under the rug all the nonsense all the headaches all the negative energy I brought in and you're supposed to pay me just for what I do on the court and not worry about my off-the-court stuff. Nobody sees my work ethic. Whatever, bro. I had a show that night, and I didn't mm -hmm. want to even talk about it. I'm like, I'm so disappointed that this dude decided to put his business, his money, his future in front of the entire team. You're making $37 million this year. You're already rich. Mm, like, good point. you got to gotta blow up this team right now. This is a team that went 18-2. and two. In a 20-game stretch, this is a team that had a 12-game win streak. We're trying to survive without KD. Ew. Why would you do this right now? It's particularly embarrassing, too, because he made such a big point of saying, well, this is my hometown team, uh, you know, Duke University by way of West Orange, New Jersey, all of that stuff, acting like, you know, it's supposed to be team over self. Yeah. And, and he never followed through on that. And, and putting aside all of the other things that you might not like Kyrie about, uh, anti-Semitism, the way he – you know, interacts with the media X, Y to Z, you have to look at the fact that he barely played half the games that he was available to play in. And for Kyrie, more so than James Harden, more so than Kevin Durant, that was his choice. There were some injuries, of course, but he made call he made calls. He made the call not to get vaccinated. That was his choice. He made the call to go to that birthday party. That was his choice. And ultimately when he decided, okay, I'm out, he made that choice to go. And it, and it's clear that not even in the same sense that, that KD always says, you know, playing basketball is the most important thing. Kyrie Irving was trying to get paid a, a max four-year contract for only playing half the games. And that's at, at a certain point, you have to look at that as a business person as stealing money. Yeah, I would say from my point of view, I I was on the side of I wanted to, like I said, I'll do anything to bring a championship to uh, my city of Brooklyn. I'll do anything. So I was on the side of I'll pay, I'll, I'll deal with the bad of Kyrie just to get the chip and just, Maybe pay him and trade him later. But the, the trade request took me as a shock. I was shocked. You know, I didn't expect it. But I'll, I'll give you this. When I saw the reaction from KD and Kyrie, like when I saw the reaction from Kyrie after he left, it made me like him a little bit less more. Like, whoa, bro, what are you, why are you kind of saying stuff like this about us? Like, 
I thought this was like like Hudson was saying. I thought this was Jersey. Like I thought this was home. And he just kind of like shoved us to the side and really give us, you know, I know you don't like Josiah or Sean Marks, but the way he kind of didn't say goodbye. Well, he did say goodbye to the fans, but it just it just didn't seem it right. Weak. It wasn't yeah. genuine. Yeah, it just didn't seem genuine, you know. I just think that like I do see his side kind of, but at the end of the day, you miss half of your games, making all these demands. We aren't really winning anything. There are games where he doesn't show up and he's demanding all of this stuff when we haven't won anything. Plus, he would he probably would have got that contract have you finished out this year and you win this stuff, but nope, you decide to request a trade in the middle of all of this when we could have gotten better and could have won a championship. He didn't see anything through. We didn't really we were never really to see a full season with him. Always something, but yet he wants a max contract like anyone else is going to give him that. Yeah, to me, just Kyrie's always moving the goalposts. It's always something different, right? It's always like uh <laughs> It's always like a different narrative. Now it's talking about making the best business decision for me and my family. You're not going to like every employer. You opted in. What are you talking about, bro? Like, you're the one saying you wanted to be here. We chanted in the arena, Kyrie's home. Like, you're the one that played into the whole, I want to be on the floor for the Nets. He's the one that said, I have family and friends that y'all don't know how how hard they go for the Nets, how hard they root for the Nets. And you're going to sabotage the next season because they didn't extend you midseason. And then like, talk bad about them. Yeah, and then talk right. bad about them on your way out. It's just Burn like, the bridge on your way out. And, and that's that's a trend, right? Fool me once, fool me twice. We're on three times now. He burns his bridges. And, yeah. you know, that's just a reality of who he is. Just in the same way that the reality of, you know, Kevin Durant is that he's a ring chaser. You know, let people be who they are, right? Take them for their face value. All right, flash that, that graphic you put up, uh, Alex, the blue one about the big three, and we'll move on. 16 games together. They were 13-3 and three when you think of the biggest what-ifs in league history. That three-player trio, to to me, makes uh, takes the cake for sure. So, yeah, it's over. We got to all move on. And uh, as Nets fans, I think we actually built up the fan base, the attention, the arena, obviously the podcasters and content creators off the backs of these three superstars. And this will be a stain on their careers more than the Nets organization because the Nets aren't without any, you know, players. It's not like the Nets are left the way they were left after Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Like, we got a little squad and we got a coach. So let's move on to the All-Star game quickly, right? Uh, our guy, uh, Nets Head, he's part of the Brooklyn Brigade. I always call him Nets Head, but his, uh, his, his Twitter is Hoops Head. Shout out to uh, Hoops Head. 81 for this tweet that he put out flash that tweet when you get to it uh it's a screenshot under no nets represented he said i think nets world is the only team not represented at the all-star weekend the nba had two shots to make this right by inviting cam to the rising stars game and especially after three 40 point performances by him and then he goes on to say uh they could have invited Utah to the three-point contest it's inexcusable not to have a team represented and in my opinion I, I agree with that because the Brooklyn Nets are not the New Jersey Nets, the lowly Nets that lose a bunch of games and don't have any attention. They have the most attention in the league, especially coming off of the trade deadline. Cam Thomas, I honestly think, messed up any opportunity to get pushed into that game after his um, you know, post-game comments where he should have just said pause. And then Utah, uh, what's his name? Chandler that's on um, Run It Back. Chandler, with Eddie Gonzalez. Uh, Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons. He campaigned as a hater against Utah for weeks. And so they weren't going to put Utah in. Instead, they put Julius Randle in. 
Uh, the NBA All-Star Game sucked, in my opinion. I only watched the like replays of the skills competition, the dunk competition, the three-point competition. We talked about it on the last episode. But uh, the last thing I want to add on it is the ratings. The ratings came out today. And uh, Front Office Sports reports that the 2023 NBA All-Star Game drew only 4.59 million viewers, making it the least watched edition of the game ever. That's on record, bro. They like the low the low before that I read was 6 million. So what do you guys think about the fact that the Nets were not represented in Utah, which that's another thing. I said this on the radio. The NBA is bugging out. How do you go from Cleveland to Utah to Indiana as your three cities in a row for the All-Star game? Nobody <laughs> wants to go there. Nobody want to go to Utah. Yeah, as an NBA fan, I was very, very, very disappointed in the NBA All-Star Weekend. Like I, like I said, I, I love watching ball. And the game itself was just so, so hard to, like, you know, you, we love the flashy dunks. and the, But the no defense, usually the last couple All-Star games were somewhat competitive. Like, you know, they, they do this system where you got to, whoever scores the most in the quarter, and then the fourth quarter, they kind of go hard. Like, the fourth quarter, usually guys are playing a little bit of defense, and it's competitive, a close game, but. This whole game, the only bright spot of it was when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown went one-on-one for like a couple possessions. This is why I think they should put a one-on-one tournament in the um, All-Star Weekend, but they probably won't. Uh, but this, the whole weekend was just not good. Cam should have been in Rising Stars. Yuta is getting overlooked. We all know it as necessary. He got snubbed. But again, I was just disappointed. Yeah, it's just not a good product, right, yeah. at this point. You have to look at the reality of it. And the dunk contest, I will say, Mac McClung put on a show. That was awesome. That yeah, was a good dunk up. contest, yeah. independent of the fact that he doesn't have, I mean, really any sort of superstar notoriety other than one of the most ridiculous uh, high school mixtapes anyone's ever seen. You know, other than that, I mean, independent of all that, he, he it was a great, a great showing from him at the dunk contest. But no, I mean, the NBA, and I think it's pretty obvious to say, fumbled this all-star this all-star weekend and it's not inexcusable or even are the incorrect choice for the nets to not have anyone in the actual all-star game they had two all-stars and then they got traded so it that i, I can't blame the nba for that obviously and i agree with keith i mean cam kind of kind of blew his shot there i think you'd have been in the three-point contest would have been nice but at the end of the day i guess he didn't qualify because he didn't have the minimum shots taken to actually be the nba three-point leader um and same i think same with kcp uh, they as put, well, so they, they put they put Julius Randle in there. Yeah, Julius, Ran- Julius like, Randle. Julius Randle. Julius Randle is shooting thirty three percent. This is a bad call, independent of it, but that's unrelated yeah, to the fact uh, that you didn't get the call. There were, I mean, if you're shooting thirty three percent, I think the league average is like thirty eight. He's a, he's a league below average three point shooter, so you can't do that. Like, I mean, but yeah. they put they put Carm alone on a pedestal. Oh they my put god, that certified criminal pedophile. Yeah, I, I, I don't rapist. rapist I don't have enough. I don't creep. have enough negative words about Carmelone. I, I could go this through the whole, whole dictionary. Thing was an and L, bro. This whole thing was yeah. an L. The NBA, the NBA blew it, and it's rare that I say that because I believe thoroughly that Adam Silver is the best commissioner in all of sports, but he he blew it. The NBA blew it, and they're gonna have to do a lot of work to make Indiana work as an All Star game because that's not Los Angeles. That's not Miami. That's not, you know, a target, a place that anyone even really wants to go. And when you're looking at stars, seeing how lackluster this all-star weekend was, you're going to start seeing something we see in a lot of other sports where stars just don't show up. They just take their fine and move on. They don't go to the all-star weekend. And then the NBA is going to have a real problem if that's what happens. Yeah. And what what Keith mentioned about um, 
where where everything's been taking place, like Cleveland, Utah, and the words of Joe Kim Noah, who who said they want to go to Cleveland on vacation? Who want? Who was going? To, who was going to Utah on vacation? I've never heard. Hey, where do you want to go to vacation? I want to go to Utah. Skiing. I want to go to Utah. <laughs> I've never been on no skis in my life, so I've never seen oh Utah. Uh, last words on it. I saw Ramon uh, jumped in the chat with what I was going to say before I said it. Oh yeah. yeah. They, they booed Kyrie and they applauded Carl Malone. <laughs> that was just toxic. I couldn't believe it. When I saw that, I'm like, what? They clapped for their own guy who played for the Jazz, but now NBA fans look at Kyrie as a team killer, as a team cancer, as yeah. the Grim Reaper wherever he goes. So they boo him. They're like, this guy has forced his way out and ruined teams. Uh, boo. But the guy that had a child at age 20 by a 13 year old uh, 40 <sighs> years ago. Yeah, the male also, man. also, I mean, not worse, but also super creepy to Vanessa Bryant when he was old as hell. Yeah, you guys oh, heard yeah, about that yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even want to. He shows up in L.A. wearing a Cowboys hat. Young Vanessa Bryant says, hey, Cowboy, what you hunting? Harmless, you know, just making conversation with an NBA legend. And he goes, I'm hunting little Mexican girls. Oh, my God. That's nasty work. They put this man on a on the t- on the Jumbotron? He put this man Carmelo on the jumbotron, bro. Come on, and he doubled nasty. down on it. He's like, whatever. He's like, that's my life. I've dealt with oh it. Like, I, it's not, it's not a big deal. And like, I don't like. He basically said, I don't care. Whatever, whatever people got to say. The NBA took an L by putting him on a platystool, yeah. and then, uh, and then like bringing this. I don't even know if I said that word right. Platystool, platform, pedestal, pedestal, pedestal. pedestal. Put put the two words together. A platform <laughs> get it. and a yeah. pedestal. A platystool. They put Carl Malone <laughs> on a platystool, and then they brought this story back to the foreground back to headlines like nobody was thinking about this until they did that so uh let's move on the nba all-star game in 2025 will be in la at the house that kobe built i will see you there uh but (laughs) i'm not going to indiana next year that's for damn sure all right breaking news but not really it broke yesterday congratulations to our coach we're not getting ime udoka jacques vaughn is extended through 2026 2027 Hooray. I think he deserves it. I think he represents the team well. I'm rooting for everybody black. And uh, I love to see uh, Jacques Vaughn get some respect put on his name for being a former net, being a basketball lifer, a good coach who has dealt with all of the nonsense this season from them firing Nash to Kyrie's anti-Semitic stuff to Kyrie requesting a trade to KD getting hurt and then following Kyrie out the door. Jacques Vaughn has been consistent. His post-game and pre-game press conferences way better than Steve Nash. And now he doesn't have to worry about, oh, is E-May coming in? Are they going to get rid of me for somebody else? He is the guy, and he's going to lead your Brooklyn Nets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I I was, like I said, I was, when I got the news, I was a little, I said this on my uh, stream the other day, I was a little shocked by it. I thought the Nets kind of rushed to this extension, but I'm I'm still rooting for Jock Vaughn. You know, like everything you said, he was disrespected. And shout out to uh, Chris Milhone. I was reading a Sports Illustrated article he posted. They overlooked Jock Vaughn a ton of times. The Kenny Atkinson, they hired Kenny Atkinson instead of Jock Vaughn. Then, you know, they demoted Jock Vaughn after the bubble. And then they put Steve Nash in front of Jacques Vaughn. So they overlooked John Vaughn a lot, this organization. And I'm so happy for him that he finally got his turn to be a head coach. I just was a little surprised, like, they went all in and made him the coach until, what is it, 2026, 2027? I was just a little surprised that they went all that far and, and just waited to see what he was going to do in these next two years when his contract was up. I was kind of, I was a little shocked. Yeah, and I get that surprise. I mean, it, it is. It's a long time. It's a long time yeah. to look ahead, especially with how things move both so slow and so fast for this Nets team, right? I mean, it feels like the like it feels like the Harden trade was yesterday, and now we don't have any of the big three, right? But at the same time, I mean, think about what the Nets really lack, and that's stability. And now we have stability in an owner who's going to stick around, and not for nothing, the Nets did not have that when they first moved to Brooklyn. We have a GM who's going to stick around. Did not have that when we moved to Brooklyn. And now we got a head coach. And people thought, honestly, that people thought that it was going to be Kenny for the long term. Didn't end up being him. Steve Nash, garbage hire, as everybody knows. Um, But now we have a guy who's part of the culture. I think I read today he's been in the Nets organization with certain stints in the middle and stuff over the course of seven years. So he's 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 a Nets lifer, not even just an NBA lifer. And it's it's really good to see that we'll have some measure of stability. And when you're retooling in the way that we are, I feel like you need that type of stability. And not for nothing, it's clear that stars, the stars we had, did not want to play and did not respect Steve Nash. And if we are in the market to pick up, whether it's just one star or whatever, to make the Nets a contender again, you want players to want to play for your head coach. You don't want to have to move them to make some splash higher to get that player in. You don't want to have to make promises like that. And so having someone who's so clearly respected by everyone in the NBA stars down to the bottom of the league, I think is only going to help the Nets going forward as well. Yeah, I agree. I just thought like, like AJ said, I thought it was a little rust. Like you had, um, you had him on contract for this year and you had him on contract for next year. Could have waited out this year, had the playoffs, you have that. And then you go into next year and then probably the playoffs as well. And then you give that and then you reevaluate everything that off season. But you know what? I'll take it. GV has shown a lot of positive flashes. And you got to love, you know, his answers. He knows what he's doing, right? At least we have that with a head coach, you know? So I, I like the hire. Just thought it was a little rushed, but it's not something I'm losing sleep over. I like it. In my opinion, I guess it was rushed because it didn't have to happen right now. But they are in a rush to get back to the Brooklyn way, the Brooklyn grit. And the key word here is culture. We'll show a screenshot later of Jacques Vaughn even yeah. using the word culture. Like culture. that's that's all they talked about today. Culture, 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 right? Culture. Honestly, when you remove the cancer, you get back to your culture. When you take out the toxicity, you can become pure again. And that starts with naming a head coach that is deserving 
of the title that literally just exudes positive energy, is always smiling. Uh, let's play a video from today that uh, Matt Brooks posted um, with uh, Jacques Vaughn. Let's see. Can I? Uh, man, this video is too long to play. If I squeeze one more there in it the buzzer. Come on, I Matt. All right, cool. Uh, so just based on my amateur eye, it looks like you guys have like integrated some things that Phoenix ran, um, little screens at the elbows for Mikhail. Uh, you guys have run some stack pick and roll. Um, just curious if that has been an integration process, um, what that integration process has been like and how it's worked with, I guess, the new guys in your core group. Yeah, so uh, definitely integrated. Uh, I think what you see is the way we started. So, uh, you know, when, when Kay was here, we had that similar pin down. Nick would go get Kevin, uh, but we started at a different angle. Uh, just looking at some of the Phoenix stuff and to get Mikhail a little bit more freedom, we moved it up to the elbow. Uh, and then we're kind of playing out of that for sure. Uh, so we'll actually, that'll be a part of part of us going forward. And uh, we'll kind of grow from there a little bit. Really think Spencer, Mikhail, and uh, Nick can have some more synergy and, and grow together, whether that is, uh, you know, ends up being double drag in the middle of the floor, whether there is some stack pick and roll out of that. Uh, we'll use CJ in that also because of his ability to shoot. So you'll start seeing us flare a little bit, a little bit. So uh, we're going to grow from there. Uh, probably have three or four quintessential sets that you'll see us live out of. That elbow will be a piece of that. Um, but yeah, watching some film and, and getting some uh, input from Mikhail and, and, uh, and CJ, that's definitely area we'll continue to grow in. So this guy, man, what, I, what I'll say, and I'm going to pass it to Hudson and we'll go around the horn. This guy's a basketball guy. He watches film. He's going back and looking at what worked in Phoenix. He knows that now he's got to figure out how to get the most out of these two pieces. Hudson had a tweet talking about his job stability. Uh, and I believe he said something along the lines of like, you can expect to, to see him move differently because he's not looking over his shoulder. Now there's things that he can do knowing that I'm the man here for the next, you know, four or five years, whatever it is, um, or three, four years, whatever it is. And uh, we'll go into some more stuff about the rotations, Seth Curry, Cam Thomas, and Ben Simmons, but I'll let Hudson speak. Yeah, he's not he's not on a prove it deal anymore. And you're right, there was a year and uh, you know half a year left on this this deal, this current current deal, and then plus another year after that. But at the end of the day, it's still a prove it deal. There was still news about Ime Udoka floating around, and he even referred to it today uh, in his presser um, that he didn't ever really feel like he was looking over his shoulder. But it definitely is nice to have that added sense of security, right? And so. When it comes to Cam Thomas, when it comes to making riskier plays in terms of developing youth, I think that's something that we're going to see a lot more of because he doesn't need to get some sort of guaranteed results that he might have felt that he could have gotten from some more veteran players rather than kind of rolling the dice on Cam, which is it is a dice roll at this point, but it's one that we need to make. And then in terms of uh, what we saw in that video, first off, uh, Cam Johnson is CJ. No more Cam yeah. J bullshit. Yeah, CJ. CJ. <laughs> CJ. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think it was Nets Daily, and I'm on record as saying not my favorite Nets account. I think they called him Cam J. Don't call him that. CJ. Oh, no, that's terrible. Yeah. CJ. And uh, the other thing uh, that didn't get mentioned in that was that he also was implementing sets from the Mavs, like Ramon Castro said in the chat, uh, for Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. And so he's really making an effort to integrate this team. And I don't know if we have any 2K players uh, that listen to us, but I don't know if you've ever had like a big off season in 2K and you think you have this sick super team that's going to go 82 and 0. 
and then you like lose your first two games and you see you check your team chemistry and it's at like 38 percent or something like that the nets have to do work to make this team work they are a completely new team learning completely new sets right Mm -hmm. they are in a new culture in a new city in a new environment and both the nets and the players coming to the nets have to kind of meet each other in the middle and so you know, having a coach that is clearly trying to do what he can to make sure that his players are in as good of a position to succeed and is not like dogmatically, you know, committed to one style of play like we kind of saw from Steve Nash. I think that's a good sign. And I think if you're looking at someone from a tactics perspective, you know, Jacques Vaughn clearly has ideas about what he's going to do, but he's a winning first coach and he's trying to make winning moves rather than moves that fit with his, you know, idea of what basketball should look like. Yeah, I think, well, everything you said was, I agree with and with Jacques Vaughn, I think it's just like a lot of people have been talking about the Cam Cam Thomas rotation minutes. Um, why is it so inconsistent? You know, the clacks and inconsistencies. And I think, like you said, I think it's going to take a long more than 20 games to kind of implement how it's all going to work. Um, personally, me, I would like to see how does he turn Spencer kind of more into a facilitating point guard to get people's shots better instead of balance that between a Spencer being a scoring guard and being a point guard. You know, that's going to be one of those questions. Cam Thomas minutes. How are you going to implement Cam um, when we need a bucket? You know, we're crying for Cam Thomas at the end of the games and we we don't constantly don't see Jacques Vaughn put him in or put him in at the right moments when we need a bucket, you know, and it's just those type of questions that we're kind of trying to solve as Nets fans. But like you said, it might just take more time than Nets fans are. um, They're impatient for, you know, yeah, I agree. Uh, at least we have a coach, like I said, like uh, someone mentioned that, you know, he actually watches film, he knows what he's doing. But yeah, like like AJ mentioned, some of the question marks are, what are you going to do with Cam Thomas? How are you going to implement him in the offense? How are you going to use the center position now? Because if Claxton is getting fouls like he did in Miami, yeah. what are you, how do you, like, do you want to go? He mentioned, you said we might have to put in Dayron. We might have to fit fit out Utah, you at the Utah. five you at the five so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see but now he really doesn't have to look over his shoulder at all he can do what he wants and not there will be no like there'll be no repercussions for whatever he does you know he can do what he wants and and at the end of the day we're obviously not in a championship title window you know right now so he can do whatever he wants and we'll be all right with it you know it's just what we have time and i'm interested to see how it all goes i'm happy for him we have time, but we also don't. Like, if you're a Nets fan and you want to see this team achieve this year, there's not a lot of time. Um, but I do think that they are able to compete, that they have a chip on their shoulder, and that they're going to try to, like, stay where they are. They're the fifth seed right now. My ultimate hope and goal for this season is for them to avoid the play-in and win one playoff game. And then we can literally sit back and say they did more than KD and Kyrie did in their last full season in Brooklyn, right? Because KD and Kyrie got swept out of the first round after winning the playing game to go meet Boston. Okay. Uh, Jacques Vaughn met the media today. So let's run through some tweets from the Nets beat reporters. Christian Winfield writes, Jacques Vaughn says, filling the team's empty roster spot is not a priority entering the second half of the season. Deadline to add a free agent eligible for playoff minutes is March 1st. Now that like kind of lends itself to what I just said. Are these guys not going for it this year? You have an empty roster spot, or is it smoke and mirrors? Or maybe there's maybe you know there's something that might happen. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I was gonna say, is Serge Ibaka still on the market for the buyout? I'm not I sure. I think Serge was around 
Uh, I know we were talking about Will Barton a couple episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, Will Barton just got on the buyout market, but personally, I don't think Sean Marks is going to... Alex says he is. Serge Ibaka is still available. Did Kevin market? Love right. just get... Uh, he yeah, did. yeah, he's, he's going to Miami. He's, he's, he's going to With Miami. The heat. Yeah, he's going, he's going to Miami. I mean, the name I've been seeing uh, circulated is Tony Bradley. Uh, he kind of oh. fills that backup, um, that backup center role. Obviously, he's a longer guy. He's younger, and I know the Nets like to pick up younger guys uh, rather than you know, old veterans with heart problems that decide to come back for championship runs. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think the the odds of us adding someone to fill that roster spot are are, are pretty low if I if I had to put put. I think the, you know, the hard part is, is like most of these guys that get bought out in the NBA, they're going to want to go to like championship contending teams already. And then we're kind of in a weird space right now. So we're not going to yeah. get like the best on the bio market. Although, but I mean, if the there is... If there is someone that's looking to prove it, though, they especially if they're a, a big, they'll probably get more of an extended, you know, run with the Nets than they would on a championship contender. Which, I mean, if they're looking at their next contract, that could that could provide some value for the Nets as a as a potential landing spot. Yeah, and you mentioned Tony Bradley, right? I don't think Tony Bradley is going to be a guy where he can demand to go to a team where he's going to need to go on a championship team. You know, he's going to yeah. be a guy who still needs to kind of prove it a little. And you know what? We need a backup center, so I think Tony Bradley is worth going after. Sergi Baca, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't hate it, but he's another guy who might be looking for a championship. But at the end of the day, we're still a playoff team. He can still contribute a little bit if he wants to come over here. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go to the next tweet from Brian Lewis talking about Seth Curry's role and the ten-man um, rotation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There it is. It's small, but I'll read it. Uh, Jacques Vaughn said that the Nets will open with a 10-man rotation, but cut back to nine closer to playoffs. I think we already heard that that's the plan to go closer to eight or nine. Seth Curry will be in the rotation. He adds that he'll have to manage Nick Claxton's minutes, either with Dayron Sharp or even Utah Watanabe. We've already spoken on that. And I don't know if we have another – I don't know if we have the other tweet, but they mentioned Seth being the backup point guard and ball handling. Uh, hold your thoughts. Let's go to the Talking Nets tweet where I quote tweeted Alex Shifter's tweet. Man, the best of – you've heard this in sports. It's a cliche, but it is true. And shit, do we need it, especially after, you yeah. know, what we just saw with our player empowerment uh, diva mo uh, movement where these guys couldn't even get on the court together. I said availability is the best ability. These are the new Nets. When you look at a guy like Mikael Bridges, he had a streak of 365 games played in this NBA where guys are load managing and sitting out. He always wants to be on the floor. So Jacques Vaughn came out there and said today 
that the Nets have a clean bill of health as of now going into Friday's game against Chicago. Nothing came up during the All-Star break. Not even Ben Simmons. We'll hold on on the Ben Simmons talk. That's coming. I, I definitely, uh, you know, got some things to say on Ben 10. Let's let's now tap into uh, what Jacques had to say about Cam Thomas, because I feel a couple episodes ago we were like, what's what's the deal? Cam Cam made history. So Jacques Vaughn talking about managing Cam Thomas's role moving forward. He said there's three games of 40 points that were awesome. I'm super happy for him. They can never take that away from him. He's in the record books. But at the same time, we lost two of those games. So the ultimate goal is to create a team and an atmosphere where everyone can be a participant and we're going to utilize and maximize everyone's talents. What I think Cam can be is a bona fide, efficient, and productive score for us when asked upon. He's a guy that can shot create, but we don't anticipate him playing 40 minutes like he did in those games. The big part of our whole group is we have depth. So why not lean into that? He was extremely efficient last game for us, and I think that's an area that he can repeat over and over again and be asked upon to do that without it having a negative impact on the team overall because at the end of the day, it's about the entire group, and I'm going to continue to push that culture more than anything else. Go ahead, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll have the last word on this one. Yeah, I can I can lead. Uh, and I'll hand it to AJ or Rage, whoever wants to take it next. I think this is a good and a fair response, honestly. Um, Cam Thomas put up those 40-point games, and he put up, I think it was a 36-point game against the Pacers earlier this season uh, in 40 minutes a night, right? That's what he did to put up those games. And at the end of the day, Nets fans are completely enamored with him, and they should be. He is a bona fide scorer. No one, not even, honestly, with the over that three-game stretch, no one of the big three ever put together a three-game stretch quite like that. Uh, Kevin Durant maybe against the Bucks, but it was, it was unreal. The issue with Cam Thomas is – the actually the same reason why he's very good is his shot is always open because he jumps about seven feet off the ground every time he shoots the ball. That step back, the the his layups, he always makes space by jumping a mile off the ground. And the reason we lost those games is that same reason. He is gassed. If he's playing 40 minutes and he's taking 30 shots a night, he is going to be gassed because he is going to be spending all night trying to jump out the gym, trying to get open for his shots. And when they when he can't hit those jumps, he doesn't hit the shots, right? When you look at Cam Thomas's stats, you see a player who is super underused when he is played and undervalued. And he doesn't provide really much for the Nets when he's played less than 20 minutes a game. But when you play him 35 minutes or more, you run into a situation where you have a Cam Thomas who's hot and is demanding the ball, but does not have the energy because he doesn't have the scoring efficiency to be able to hit those shots late in games. And so I think I'm just going to say that, you know, what we've been saying over the last couple podcasts, which is play Cam Thomas 25 minutes a night. Sorry, I think Keith, Keith, can you hear me? I don't think I can hear Keith. You can y'all hear me? I can hear you. All oh, right, okay. yeah, every, well, I'll, I'll just jump in. Yeah, no one, no one can hear Keith. Anyways, play Cam Thomas 25 minutes a night. Stats say that's the best thing for him to do. Yeah, I think I agree. Honestly, I think you don't have to. You don't have to play him 35, 40 minutes. It's not. We're not even in a position to do that. We were in a position uh, to do that when he was getting that time because, well, we had nobody. We had nobody. We hadn't made our trades yet. Everything was so up in the air. Now you're at a point where you can either bring him off the bench or you can start him. I don't. I don't care. But don't you just play him around 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and it works out like that. I think it's. I think that's how it should go. Oh, you lost Keith. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> I'll take I'll take the sticks for now. All right. Yeah, you're up. <laughs> yeah, so 
with the like, like Rage was saying with Cam Thomas, it's just I just want him to, like you said, play him over that twenty plus, twenty five plus minutes and play him when we need him. You know, because there's times we we have so much wing defenders now. We're a ton of wing defenders, a ton of three and D wings. There's gonna be moments in games where the offense is just stale, and you're gonna need Cam. You're gonna need to well, which I hope Jacques Vaughn does. Run some plays for Cam. Run some plays for uh, uh, Mikhail. Get a, or um get our guys going. The guys that can create their own shots and score, you got to get them going. Got to get them going. Great plays for them. Get yeah, them to their spots. Yeah, you know? yeah. Get and the Nets them. Nets are in an interesting position, right? Because they have Spencer Dinwiddie, who is a proven not star, but good twenty point a game point guard scorer on a good team, right? You have Mikhail Bridges, who we think can be an all star, right? With that Kawhi Leonard mold. You have Cam Thomas, who's 21, but has shown that he has all the upside potential in the world. You know, if you're looking at, you know, the Nets and you have to, let's say, prioritize two players to keep on the team and you have to move some other ones to to make a trade, right, to get that, you know, additional all-star on the team to take the Nets from, you know, good playoff team to contender, who do you move, right? Because you have a ton of players, and we've seen this with Mikael Bridges in the four first-round picks, that have a ton of value that can be added to a trade to make that work. I mean... There's a million and one different trades that Nets fans have talked about, but is you know is there any one of those players that you feel the Nets would probably be the most likely to move to bring someone else on the team? Oof, that's tough. I mean, I know I, it's tough. I don't. I, I didn't want to answer it. That's why I asked you. <laughs> if I had to choose, like I said, I'll probably go with DFS because you think of our core, our core four. I think the core would be Cam, Clax, Mikhail, and then CJ. So it's like those guys are kind of like. To me, those are the core. DFS is kind of on that outside looking in, and I think if he would be on the table for me, I don't know, Rage, how you feel about? It. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just yeah. it, it, DFS would be in a better situation where he has a number one option. He's able to just yeah. sit in the corner, honestly. So it's gonna be yeah. I, I, think, I think. And of DFS course, the so Joe Harris and the Seth Curry, and uh, I mean, we want to keep. We, are we gonna keep Joe? That's the thing. Are we gonna keep Joe, or is Joe's gonna come? not on that contract? Yeah, not on that contract. You got to pay CJ. He's an RFA. You got to pay CJ. Especially because CJ was, when he was with the Suns, CJ asked for the same contract that Joe Harris has now. Almost, almost actually to the number. It was, it was almost exactly the same four years, 82 million. Right. So that's a, that's a real similar, like a real similar deal. And I think the Nets would be happy to get that out if you can move Joe Harris off the books. But I think, I think everybody, I think we might have Keith McPherson back. Oh, we got him back. We might. Yeah, we might got it's him possible. back. It's possible. He nah, did. he's looking around all confused again. <laughs> nah, Thanks. my internet dropped. I, I was sitting here. I was like, wait, did we lose the show? I'm like, no, it's just me. Um, <laughs> but nah, see let's see where we're at. Um, we were talking about uh, the camp the camp situation with, with Javon. And- I say we move on because we're running close on time. Let's let's yeah. uh, talk Ben Simmons. Uh, let's go to that screenshot from uh, Doc Lou oh. Allen. I almost thought that this was a Twitter blue boy. I almost was like, this month could pay for Twitter. So, now he works for the NBA. Yeah, he works I, for the NBA. He's I, a writer for the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was trolling. So he says, Jock Vaughn and the Brooklyn Nets agreed to a multi-year contract extension. Ben Simmons will be gone this summer. Expect him to quietly request a trade similar to what Kevin Durant did. Do not compare it to Kevin Durant. <laughs> Outside looking in, we'll blame Simmons. But he wasn't coached right in Brooklyn. Play the next one. Ben Simmons been treated worse in Brooklyn than he was in Philadelphia. They never let him lead nor put him in a position to succeed. Putting him at center was so disrespectful. 
The Nets team now would be great if you start him at point guard. He's the only true point guard on the team. Your thoughts, fellas? Is he Australian? <laughs> is he? Ah, that's did Ben's burn up. Did he just wake up from the Ben Ben mode him sleep and five racks? He was like, he was bro, trolling. That's that's supposed good. to be the. He was trolling. He had to be trolling, bro. He had to be. Does he not watch the games? Most of the time when Ben Simmons is on the court, he brings the ball up. And what does he do? Gives the ball to Royce O'Neal to let him cook. Come on. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't get the point of, I don't get any of that when we literally had to put him at center because the point guard stuff wasn't working. He was sit, he was, he brought the ball up and sometimes pushed it, but rarely. I mean, if he's, if he's handing the ball off to Royce O'Neal and sitting there, I got to say, it's not it's not a recipe for um, success. It's tough say. because his contract is he can't paid so much, you know, and then if we're gonna trade him in the offseason, we're gonna have to attach a whole bunch of stuff with it, a whole bunch of picks. That might not be the right move. So it's like was Sean Marks planning was he like planning on just holding Ben until he comes back to form? Because well, I guess when we're rebuilding or retooling, whatever we're doing, is he just gonna hold hold on to Ben and make sure like I don't know, like what's what's the it's the process with Ben. It's funny like, to doing? me how he makes fifteen million more than the second highest paid guy in the team when he's when he's should with the way he's playing he shouldn't even be in the rotation. I mean it's it's clear cut. No, so I mean the, the, the contract has the Nets held hostage, right? At this point, that you can't you can't move him without paying to move him, yeah. and the fact that 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 NBA employee said <laughs> that. <laughs> Playing him at center was disrespectful. I feel like you got to earn respect. I don't know if that's just a, a personal opinion, but I feel like you have to earn respect to be able to be disrespected. And yeah. he just, you know, four, four, and four in 20 <laughs> minutes really just is not enough. It's not enough. You can't score zero points against the Celtics, Pistons, and Magic and expect to be respected. Tell me you don't watch the Nets without telling me you don't watch the Nets. <laughs> like, bro, the, the thing is, I'm most mad at Josai, Sean Marks for taking Ben Simmons. Like, for mm. actually, like, yeah. I would have forced, I would have said, Harden, we don't care, bro. If you want to sit out, if you want to be mad, you want to quit yeah. in the game, fine. But we're not taking on the headache that is Ben Simmons. I literally was on air on WFAN on Carton and Roberts. They pulled me in when the first rumblings went on. And I wasn't talking about trading Harden. I was like, no, there's a reason that they don't want Ben Simmons. There's a reason that these fans hate him. He's a baby. He's a head case. He's not going to be able to play here. And here we are. He's a max contract guy. You've already said, or you've already heard me say, I've said this before, that I think Kyrie had an issue with Ben Simmons because he's leading the team. He's showing up. Ben Simmons misses five games during that stretch where he could have helped the team somehow, we think. And Kyrie's like, this guy's on a max contract. You brought him here. He, he gets to go out at night with models. He gets to sit on the sideline, Gucci, Fendi, Louis Prada. And you won't extend me? All right, I'm out. I'm out. This is a mess. So with Ben Simmons, let's move on to the next one with uh, Bradley Beal. I know you guys saw this tweet. In 2021 playoffs, Bradley Beal intentionally fouled Ben Simmons, and they exchanged words. Simmons said, I'm tired of you mother effers fouling me on on purpose, man. I'm going to step up here and knock these two down. 5,000 says I will. Beal says, you want to make it 20? Simmons bricked the first three free throw. Like, I 100% believe that. I don't care who put it out there. That sounds like a real story. That sounds like a Ben Simmons sto- story. Yeah, never heard of Steve B. Hoop, but I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> it's just a delusion. Like, Ben, I don't know how the Ben has, like, some type of delusional confidence he has. It's like, bro, you talk 
all this stuff in the in the press conferences and stuff like that. But like you never you get to the court and it's a whole different story. Yeah, so your it's energy like, how you different. Get, Why your energy yeah. so different? Why your energy keep the same energy? Like, <laughs> do talk how you talk outside the court and when you're on the bench. I mean, it feels the, like he's overcompensating, yeah. right? Yeah, he's insecure. He he he's overcompensating. And, and at least before in Philly, like before, he actually had something to show for it when he actually like went to the rim and had a pair of balls. But you know, it's different now. He scores four points. So, <laughs> well, we've got good news, folks. Uh, the Ben Simmons saga continues. And uh, he's locked in for the second half. I was uh, scrolling through Instagram, and he's gone dark. LeBron oh. mode. Re- remember earlier in the season when we thought Kyrie was going dark? He was yeah. just suspended because Mark Zuckerberg was like, bro, you're, you're posting too much cryptic shit. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons goes dark because he's ready to have the best second half of his career. He's locking wow. in. No more Instagram models for me. No ben more designer in. gear for me. No more distractions. Ben Simmons. Wow. Is gonna turn back into. I'm joking. I'm completely joking and kidding. This guy, <laughs> I don't know why. Imagine he, he has, turns up, bro. Imagine like the next game he has like 25 nah. points. Set of, <laughs> I mean, what's the? I, I feel like to me the only compelling narrative at this point to talk about with Ben Simmons is the fact that there's Nets fans who say that we're not allowed to hate on him because he's a Nets player. And and to and I won't say who it was, uh, Nets Daily, but it was. <laughs> It's just that's just an interesting take to me. That's just such an interesting take to me. Brooklyn Netcast, Brooklyn Netcast came out there. I don't know who it was out of the three of them, and they were like really rooting for Ben Simmons. Like, bruh, <laughs> at this point, uh, we're all really rooting for Ben Simmons. We're rooting for the Nets, but he consistently gets on the court and fucks up the game. Like, it's counterproductive. I'm at if this we're point shortening, where I'm if for we're ben shortening the rotations, yeah. right? He's the first guy that I'd be like, yeah, I have no use for you, but. Um, Hudson alluded to the fact that we believe it's coming down from the top. Joe size like, wait, we're paying this guy 34 million. Uh, Sean Marks. I don't know if they got something with the Australian New Zealand connection, but I feel like they're, they're trying to play him because there's this theory that the more he plays, the more he'll remember, like the more he'll <laughs> return to form and return figure out form. who he yeah. once was. And I'm not going for it. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Let's, uh, let's move on from the Ben Simmons talk and let's show the remaining schedule coming up this is important folks uh brandon bats is in the chat he said are you going to talk remaining schedule hell yeah because it's a gauntlet it's a tough road ahead and uh the nets face 16 playoff slash playing teams in the final 24 games of the regular season so not pictured is friday's game coming back against the bulls we beat the bulls on february 9th if you remember i was at that game i remember sitting next to evan roberts in the fourth quarter i thought king of the fourth demar Derozan was going to close us out. I thought Zach Levine was going to close us out. And the Nets kept playing defense and making shots, and they won that game without KD, without Kyrie. It was like the signal of the new era. So they, they got to go face the Hawks. Then they host the Milwaukee Bucks. And then Wednesday, March 1st, we go back to the Garden. I need that one. I need that one. If you're not going to beat the Bucks, and it's a, it's a second half of a back-to-back, you got to go play the Knicks. Man, rest some people against the Bucks and be ready to go in the garden. They got to go to TD Garden two days after that and deal with Tatum and Jalen Brown and those boys. We're about to be 11, oh, 11 straight losses against the Celtics coming up. And uh, obviously, you guys can see the rest of the games, but the Bucks pop right back up. Then you got to deal with Jokic and them boys in Denver twice in a, a matter of a week. You got to face the Nuggets in Denver and then back in Brooklyn. Then you got to deal with the Cavs in a little... um you know, back-to-back home-and-home series 
It's not going to be sweet. These guys got to figure it out. Uh, show the last one to end the season. To end the season, it gets a little bit better, we think, but who knows? You, you know, you got the Rockets mixed in there, the Pistons mi mixed in there, the, the Magic. Um, I don't know. It's going to be tough to stay in that fifth place position. But uh, what are you guys feeling about the Nets, how they'll compete against these top teams, and how they'll close out this season that got completely obliterated uh, by ego and selfishness? And now we're picking up the pieces, and they're going to do their best. We are playoffs. Brooklyn goes to the playoffs. We're going to be in the play-in, but I would, I would, I would like to see them be a sixth seed, fifth seed. But it's going to be tough sledding. Uh, yeah, I was. I'm just praying that at least we'll go 500 off the rest of these games. Um, it's like I said. I, I think I posted this a little bit earlier. We have the seventh toughest schedule in the NBA right now, so it's not going to be easy, but. If I think if we can just lock in and band together, I think we can come out of this 500. Hopefully, we come out of this 500. But that's just me. Yeah, I have faith, and we have honestly we have enough tools to like actually you know go 500. You you, you obviously you know the defensive part, and it'll be interesting to see because we just went past a 45 point game from Macal Bridges. We've seen the likes of uh, Spencer. We've seen we not Spence, but we've seen uh, who is it? We've seen Cam. Yeah. We've seen Cam. We've seen. Mikel. So you have you can go through those two guys and see what they can become. We all know that uh, Mikel has potential to really uh, get better and score score more points and see. And you know what? In these remaining games, we'll be able to see what kind of a role Mikel will play for us. Because I mean, scoring forty five on crazy efficiency is pretty good. So I'm I'm just interested to see. I think we have what it takes to at least go five hundred. But you know, I'm not. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like for me, and I think Nets fans should do this generally, I'm taking a bit of a longer look at what we can do this at the end of this season, right? Obviously, we're not building for a championship this season. If that's the, if that's every team's goal every time they start an NBA season to win a championship, Nets aren't doing that this season, obviously. So we got to look at like how the Nets build for the future, right? And it's not tank season. We shouldn't only play our young kids. We should still, obviously, we're going to go out there and try and win games. But when you go through a gauntlet, like the Nets are about to go through. And uh, I know AJ said the seventh hardest schedule in the NBA. Earlier, I saw that it was the remaining schedule was the hardest in stretch in the NBA or something like that. But going to be a tough sledding, you know, going forward for a little while. You either fall apart or you come out of that on the other side stronger. And coming out stronger might mean going 500, might mean even going a game or two below 500. But at the end of the day, right, the Nets clearly have invested into a lot of pieces that are going to be around for a while. I don't think... Brooklyn Bridges is going anywhere. I think he's Sean Marks guy through and through. They have invested in these pieces and giving them the chance to run and the chance to cook. Like if you think about someone like Miles Bridges, he has never been the number one option. Not once, not ever. All those games he's played, he's been number two or three or four. And now he really gets a chance to do that. And he gets a chance to settle into a role and understand a system and be frankly, the star of this Nets team. He has his own chant with the brigade he gets the arena excited. That is the kind of treatment that he never had in Phoenix. And I know he loved it there. Right. But at the end of the day, right. Like you have to think about it. Like that's gotta be a big confidence boost and being the number one option and, and, and having that faith put in you moving forward, that's gotta be huge for a guy like that. And I think we're going to see a lot of these players take advantage of this opportunity because we got rid of the players who aren't down for that, who aren't down for the, you know, MCL sprain. Now I'm going to get traded, you know, not enough superstar is going to get traded. All that stuff. I, I did say, did I say Miles Bridges? Fuck. 
That's so bad. I I did that on Twitter the other day. Miles Bridges said he's coming back though, didn't he? Didn't he <laughs> say something recently? He's coming back. He's, coming he's back from where? Prison? Y'all think I'm a demon shooting at these Twitter trolls? Nah, that boy is out there being a menace. And he raps too. Yeah, yeah some of his bars, bars are all right. <laughs> I actually, bars? I feel like I, I've heard people talk about him being pretty good, but now, yeah, now he's kind of. I need some more bars, y'all. I need some more nah, bars. I, I know. But you, man. Can't get no more free, Randy. I don't give him too many freestyles. Somebody pay, need to pay, pay me. They need to pay me. I'll write a verse. <laughs> all right. Um, happy birthday to the legend, Dr. J, way before all of our time. But, uh, you know, he's a net and uh, one of the best nets ever, Julius Irving. It is his birthday today. More like and uh, last but not least, I wanted to end um, with a uh, review. No voicemails. No, I didn't ask for any voicemails because there's four of us talking, but here is a review. We did ask for reviews, and you sent one. Shout out to Connor. Maybe, is that the same Connor in the chat? I don't know if that's the same Connor in the chat from earlier that was asking me about my, nah. Connor Monahan. that's a different one. Connor Monahan assumes that I have a stash of uh, Talking Nets John Boy Media merch laying around. No, I'm wearing all of the Talking Nets, like, merch that I have. I don't have extra and it was never sourced like that. It was always made to order. And there was never a surplus or like a store with that stuff. He's been but rocking I, with us for a while though. So I'll, I'll give yeah, him Yeah, no, I appreciate, I mean, I appreciate him rocking with us. Alex, put that shit back up. I didn't even read it, bro. What's going on with you? <laughs> All right. Best Nets podcast. Connor writes in five stars. Always got the newest episode on, on my way to work or class. Each one of these three guys brings something different to the show. Keith with his New Jersey Nets fanalist, Hudson with his younger perspective, and Robin with his media journalist experience. It's a great mix and balance between the three and leads to a very fun and entertaining podcast. Excited for what's to come from these three. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. That's not the end of the show. He wrote that in his review, but it is the end of the show. Shout out to everybody that pulled up in the chat. Yo, I see Chubbs in the chat. What up, gang? Nets Kingdom, talking Nets Kingdom, crossover pod, passing the time on the All-Star break. Can't thank AJ enough, Rage enough for joining us. Love what you guys do. I'll let you guys get the final words in before we close out. Yeah, appreciate you guys, man. Again, for uh, I'm a big fan of the talking Nets, and I'm a supporter, man. I love what Keith does. You know, I'm going to see him at the game. You know what it is. And uh, follow us on Instagram, Nets Kingdom. All our Twitters, uh, YouTube, subscribe, Nets Kingdom. Yeah, appreciate all y'all. It was fun coming on here. Uh, nice talking to the more Nets fans. You know, it's nice It's nice talking to the real Nets fans who are still sticking around even after the 7-Eleven era. You know what? It's broken forever. Shout out my boy Chubbs. What's good, Chubbs? Hudson, anything else? Uh, go, go give Nets Kingdom a follow. Thanks for coming on, right. guys. It was a good, really good time. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Okay, we're back on the floor in Chicago. Friday, new Nets, new era. My guy Doug Barrett called the uh, clean sweep, right? That was the clean sweep when we got KD, Kyrie, and DeAndre Jordan. That was the first sign that this wasn't going to work. Um, so we're going from the clean sweep to the clean slate. It's refreshing. It's a new day. And our Nets world has been built. The evidence is all of the Nets creators and fans and community that we have now through this last era, uh, this mini era of 7-Eleven and the big three. I'm excited for what's to come. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. Durr.